Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Well, hello everyone. Great to have you here today. I want to welcome those online. Thanks for joining us today. And um, I just want to start off by praying before we dive in. So, Father, we thank you that uh, over 2,000 years ago, you sent Jesus uh, into this earth to change everything for us. And I pray as we uh, unpack your word today that you would uh, show us exactly how it is, how you're wanting to show up in our lives, how when we give those situations and those circumstances over to you, that everything can change. So we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I, I have um, a message today that I've been preparing, that I've been working on, that I really believe if you apply what I'm going to share today into your life, if you take it on board, if you invite Jesus to meet you in the midst of those circumstances, has the potential and the power to change everything. And so I'm really believing that as I've been praying for today. I'm really believing and expecting that Jesus is going to move in your life today. And so I hope you're ready for that. I hope you're open to what Jesus is wanting to do today. So I want to start off by uh, sharing um, something that may not be a shock to some of you, but may be interesting for others that don't know me as well. I have incredibly high expectations. And I have high expectations of myself. I have high expectations of others. Um, to me, they don't feel like high expectations. <laughs> they feel like just normal expectations. Um, and so I wonder if anyone resonates with that at all. Anyone else have high expectations of themselves or others or things? And um, so I want to tell you a story, right, about uh, one of the things I once put on my Christmas list. Now, I don't really like surprises, often because the expectation that I set up in my mind is often better than the reality. And so someone says, oh, I've got a surprise for your birthday. And I'm like, okay, so it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we, we're going to this restaurant. I'm like, is that it? I was expecting more than that, right? <laughs> Not to say that going to a nice restaurant isn't good, but when you hype it up, I'm like, all right, what, what are we, are we going skydiving? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> And so one year, one year, I, um, my parents asked me, what, what do you want for Christmas? And so I wrote a Christmas list. Now, here's how I write my list, right? I put it in order of priority. So number one on the list is like, that is the most important thing on the list. And so one year, I was walking through JB Hi-Fi and I was walking past one of the aisles, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the most amazing thing I've ever seen, right? And what it was is a box set of Bear Grylls. Now, I love Bear Grylls. I could watch him for hours. And um, so I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like 30 DVDs 
100 episodes, I'm 50 bucks, I'm like, this is the best present that I could ever receive. And so I put it on my list, number one, Bear Grylls box set, JB Hi-Fi, 50 bucks. And so, Chris, and so Christmas, Christmas comes around, and I'm excited, I'm like, come on, I'm going to binge Bear Grylls, it's going to be awesome, best Christmas ever. And so I open, I open my presents, I open one of the things, I'm like, oh, this could be it, Bear Grylls, come on. I open the present, no Bear Grylls, right? And I can't remember what it was, probably undies, something like that, right? Which, as an adult, you're like stoked, because you're like, that's 30 bucks for a single pair of Bonds underwear. <laughs> but when you're young, you're like, that's the worst present you could ever get, right? I don't want undies, I want Bear Grylls. And so I was disappointed. I was disappointed. But I thought there may be hope. Because my birthday is only a few weeks after Christmas. So I'm like, maybe for my birthday, Bear Grylls is coming. And so my birthday comes around. I open up all my presents again. I look inside. No Bear Grylls. And I'm like, oh man, Bear, why have you forsaken me? Right? Right? And so I'm like, you know what, uh, that's fine. I'll go to JB Hi-Fi. I'll go and buy it myself. I go to JB Hi-Fi, sold out. <laughs> Cannot get Bear Grylls anywhere. I'm like, oh, man. So much disappointment. And then the following year, I walk past JB Hi-Fi again. Out of the corner of my eyes, there he is, Bear Grylls, in all his glory. And so once again... Number one on the list, I'm excited, I'm ready, bold, underline, exclamation marks, hopefully my parents will get the hint. Now, if something has been on a list a few times, you would expect, you would hope, right, I think that's a pretty fair expectation to have, that someone is going to pick up that this is something important to you. So Christmas comes around. I open up all my presents again. Lo and behold, no Bear grills. And by this point, I'm like, just flip and get the hint, all right? This is important. I'm not messing around. I want Bear grills to come. But I'm like, maybe, just maybe, my birthday is coming a few weeks. Birthday comes around, no Bear grills. So by this point, now, I'll, I'll say, right, before, before I move on, so much unmet expectations, so much disappointment, so much longing for Bear grills. But thankfully, I had told my friends about it. I, I, I told them this story, this frustration, these unmet expectations. And one of my friends, Tom, who's an absolute legend, he his brother worked at the National Geographic warehouse, whatever, distribution. And so he messaged him. He managed to get his hands on the Bear Grylls box set. Here it is. I finally got it. Just before anyone went out and bought it, I just wanted to let you know it has a happy ending eventually, okay? So this, this is one of my most prized possessions now. And so why do I tell that story? Well, there's been many moments in my life where I've had high expectations 
and they've been met with disappointment. Maybe it's expectations around friendships and what my friendships were going to look like only for those friendships to drift apart. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's uh, you know, ho- horrible dating relationships. Maybe it's, um, you know, when, when you go to school or university, you expect it's going to go one way and actually it goes the other way. And so I wonder for you, I wonder for you, right? We've been talking about the roadblocks to freedom over the last few weeks, some of the things that can get in the way of our freedom. And I believe one of the things that can get in the way of our freedom is actually around unmet expectations. And so as a church, we've been talking about having expectations. What, what are you expecting Jesus to do? Where are you expecting Jesus to show up in your life? And one of the biggest things I think that can get in the way is unmet expectations. And when we hold on to that disappointment, when we hold on to that frustration, and it can actually get in the way of us expecting Jesus to do anything at all. And so I wonder for you, where in your life are things not going the way that you expected they would? Maybe it's around struggles with your mental health. Maybe you weren't expecting to struggle with those things. Maybe it's with your finances or struggles at work. You had an expectation of what work was going to be like. You had an expectation of what your financial status was going to be like. And you have unmet expectations. Maybe either in your own family growing up, right? You expected things to be stable and you're met with broken, messy relationships or maybe divorce. Or maybe that's been your own experience as well. Or maybe just simply, you expected after the last couple of years that 2023 was going to be different. And maybe simply you were just met with a disappointing year. I wonder for you, where in your life are things not going the way that you expected they would? And see, when we're in this place, when we're in this place where There's unmet expectations when we're holding on to this disappointment, when we're holding on to this frustration. What can happen is frustration can become a constant companion. And that's what I find sometimes, right? When I have high expectations, it often means that a lot of the time I'm left frustrated and disappointment because those expectations aren't met. And so where does that come from and what do we do? Well, I want to suggest this, right? That frustration is the result of reality not meeting our expectations. Frustration is the result of reality not meeting our expectations. Now, maybe that relates to you. Maybe you feel like you have these unmet expectations. Maybe it leaves you feeling frustrated. And so when you're in that place... There's some good news that I want to share as, as we look at the Christmas story, as we look at who Jesus is, as we look at unmet expectations. Here's the main thing. If you take anything away about what Christmas is about, if you take anything away from this message today, here's what I want you to get. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. See, frustration isn't the end of my story. 
There's been times where I've had unmet expectations. There's times where I felt frustrated. But when Jesus shows up, everything changes. And so it's not the end of my story. It's not the end of the people of Israel's story in the Bible. And I want to say, it doesn't have to be the end of your story either. See, we see Christmas as a time of celebration, of joy, of excitement. You see the commercials on TV, like get get your turkey, your Aldi, and it's always full of excitement and joy. Or, you know, the kids opening their Christmas presents or the Christmas movies, they're always full of joy and fun and excitement. But that wasn't always the case. See, Christmas now is about joy and excitement and celebration, but actually the first Christmas, there was a lot of frustration and there was a lot of unmet expectations. See, God promised to the people of Israel that they would be his people and he would be their God. He promised to bless the whole world through them and he promised to bring the Messiah, which was the promised one, and the Savior, who is this king who is going to come and rescue the people, who is going to defeat all of their enemies and rule the kingdom and bring peace and justice to the world. See, that's what they expected. That's what they had heard. But things were radically different. See, here here was Israel's expectations, that they were going to be blessed by God, that they were going to be ruled by the Messiah, the promised one, and they were going to be saved from captivity. And this saviour, this ruler, was going to come and conquer all the armies, all the kingdoms, and rule with power and authority. That's what they expected. But the reality that they found themselves in was very different. They were oppressed by Rome, they were ruled by Herod, who was a false king, and they had corrupt leaders who did not have their best interests at heart and would actually work against the people. See, it would be fair to say that things were not going the way they thought. Maybe in those moments they were questioning if God really cared. Reality was not meeting their expectations. Now, their expectations weren't based on naive hopes or wishful thinking. Their expectations were based on the promises of God that he had revealed to them. Now, I want to think about two other characters that the Christmas story talks about, called Mary and Joseph. Now, Mary and Joseph... They were pledged to be married. They were engaged. They were, they, they were going to get married. And um, what happens is Mary, an angel appears to Mary, tells her that you know, she's going to give birth to the saviour of the world. Joseph, understandably, has some questions about that, some concerns. And on the first night of Christmas, when Jesus was born... Mary is nine months pregnant, the saviour of the world, the promised king in her womb, and her only option is with the animals down in the barn. Now, my understanding, my experience dealing with people who are incredibly pregnant is they don't want to do much moving the last few weeks. 
So I'm not sure if you want to go on a long journey and you're probably wanting like comfort and, you know, heat packs and all all that kind of stuff. And instead, she's met with a stinky barn. I'm sure all of her senses were overwhelmed with all of the smells. It's definitely not a nice Airbnb environment with a foot massage and all of that, right? Talk about unmet expectations. But when Jesus shows up, everything changes. And so let's read the Christmas story to see what happens when Jesus shows up. Now, once again, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, feeling unloved, unnoticed, undervalued. Why would God allow all this to happen? But at what was likely their lowest moment, God steps in, the God of the universe, who spoke everything into existence. He became human, came into his creation through Jesus. Born in a barn in Bethlehem, under the shadows of Herod's riches and Caesar's armies and corrupt leaders and captivity. Earlier, when Joseph first found out Mary, his bride-to-be, was pregnant, he was planning on ending the relationship because he assumed she had cheated on him. Now, that's a fair assumption, right? You're like, hang on, we're not married yet, and you're pregnant. I know it's not mine, so whose is it? Now, Joseph didn't believe Mary until an angel appeared to confirm her story. And this is what we're going to read in Matthew chapter 1. It says this, As he, being Joseph, considered this, what was he considering? Ending things with Mary. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See, Mary was telling the truth. She was to name the son Jesus, meaning God saves. The son will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And this event shows us that God became a human being in the person of Jesus. And so in Luke chapter 2, we read about another messenger bringing the good news to a group of shepherds in a nearby field. And this is what it says. It says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Understandably, right? If an angel appeared to you, you'd you'd probably be a bit freaked out as well. But the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. See, this is how God chose to enter the world. As a baby, wrapped snugly in old cloth, lying in a manger. See, Jesus wasn't just some moral figure. He wasn't just a Bible teacher. 
He wasn't an idealistic revolutionary. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior and the King that was promised by God. And he was God in human form. And so why do we celebrate Christmas? What's Christmas all about? It's about Jesus showing us that God did not forget about his people. He did not abandon them. He stepped in at just the right time to rescue them, not just from Rome, not just from Herod, but from sin and death. And so I want to go back to that definition that I had at the start about frustration. And so frustration is the result of reality not meeting our expectations. Then I want to suggest something about celebration, which is that celebration is the result of reality exceeding our expectations. When we're frustrated, it's often because reality doesn't match up with what we're expecting. But when we feel like celebrating, it's because we go, actually, this reality is better than what I was expecting. This reality exceeds my expectations. See, when Jesus shows up, everything changes. And what he's done for me, what he's done for Israel, what he did for Mary and Joseph, he can do for you too. This is why we celebrate Christmas, because it signifies the moment that God became one of us so that we could become one with him. And so... How are we to respond to this good news? How are we to respond? I want to suggest there's three, three ways that we can respond. The first way is that we can accept this good news. We can accept it. And this is what it says in John chapter 12. It tells us why Jesus has come. It says this, I have come, this is Jesus speaking, as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And I don't know where you find yourself today. Maybe you're feeling like you're in the dark. Maybe you feel like things haven't turned out the way that you expected. But I want to say to you today, that when Jesus shows up, everything changes. And so maybe you've never gone, Jesus, I need you to show up in my life. And so I want to give you that opportunity to accept this good news for yourself. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a very simple prayer, and I invite you to pray it with me. It goes like this. Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for when I've chosen to live my own way. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. Well, if you, if you prayed that prayer, I invite you to share that with someone because living... This life is not about a solo adventure. It's about doing it with people who are going to support you and encourage you along in that journey. And we want to be able to do that for you. We want to be able to pray for you. We want to be able to expect 
everything that Jesus is going to do in your life with you. We want to pray for you. We want to celebrate that with you as well. And we also want to be there in the moments where you're struggling, where life feels overwhelming. And so we encourage you, come forward for prayer at the end. Let someone know that you prayed that prayer so that we can support you. So that's the first way that we can respond is by accepting the good news. The second thing we can do is we can celebrate the good news. See, when Jesus was born, the angels threw a party. And we have an invitation to join that party. And how we can join that party is we can open up our eyes to see what God is doing in your life and thank him for the ways that he's working in your life. See, when you're focused on all these unmet expectations, you're just going to be stuck in a loop where you're thinking about all the disappointment, thinking about all the frustration. And so you have to be intentional and look for ways and celebrate the ways that God is currently working in your life. So what about when it doesn't seem like there's anything worth celebrating? And I want to encourage you. I want to set a challenge, right? I want to set a challenge. And if you do this every day this week, I guarantee you that it's going to change something for you. Every day this week, take a few minutes at the end of every day to thank God for three things that happened that day. Maybe it's that you had a successful project at work that you finished. Maybe it's finding out that you got a job. Maybe it's that your favorite sporting team won the game. Maybe it's a good cup of coffee. Maybe it's seeing something happen in the life of someone that you've been praying for. It might be something small. It might be something big. But take time each day to thank God for three things that happened. See, not only will that help you move out of frustration and into celebration in that moment, but it will also help you to see how God is moving in your life in a new way. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you will see that Jesus is showing up in ways all the time. So that's the second thing. The first thing we can do is accept the good news. The second thing we can do is celebrate the good news. The third thing we can do is to share the good news. See, showing up to a party is fun, but it's even better when you invite your friends to be a part of the celebration. And so once you've celebrated that good news, it's time to share it with others. And um, at the birth of Jesus, there were shepherds that had witnessed this, this incredible moment and they didn't just go, oh, that was pretty cool. Should we head back home? Oh, yeah, that, that Christmas event we went to yesterday at Preston's, that was a good event. Good weekend. All right, let's get back into work. They went and they shared that good news with others so that others could be a part of the celebration, so that others could see Jesus show up in their lives so that they could be full of hope and expectation as well. And so for some of you, that might be your focus or your challenge as you prepare for the Christmas season, sharing that good news with others. 
See, we tell people about what God has done by sharing the story of Jesus, and we show people how God has changed our life by the way that we love others. It's showing that Jesus has transformed our life and sharing the invitation that he wants to transform their lives as well. And this is what Jesus is talking about, where he says this in Matthew 5. He says, You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to every, uh, everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And so I wonder for you what your next step is. Maybe for some of you, it's about accepting that good news. Maybe you prayed that prayer. Maybe you go, Jesus, I want you to show up in my life. I have a lot of frustration, a lot of disappointment. I need you to show up in my life because I can't do it on my own. Maybe that's yours. Maybe it's simply celebrating the good news. Maybe you're so focused in the disappointment and the unmet expectations and the frustrations and going into this week, you're going to go, you know what? Each and every day this week, I want to look for three opportunities every single day where I can celebrate what God is doing in my life, where I can be more aware of how Jesus is showing up. Or maybe it's about sharing that good news, taking those opportunities to uh, invite someone to a Christmas service to hear who Jesus is and what he's wanting to do in their life. Or maybe it's sharing your story with them. Or maybe it's loving them and showing love and care for them. And we know that Christmas can be a tough season for so many people. And so maybe it's showing who Jesus is and what he's done in your life by the way that you love them and show care in this Christmas season. So what I want you to do is I want to take 30 seconds to just consider what your step is, how you're going to respond to this good news. Take 30 seconds to do that, and then we're going to close. So as we come to the end, I want to encourage you, whatever you just felt challenged by, whatever you felt like is your next step, I encourage you to do it. Set a reminder on your phone. Tell the person next to you so they can send you a text throughout the week. But 
I want to finish with this. Why do we celebrate Christmas? We celebrate it because when Jesus shows up, everything changes. God's timing is very rarely our timing. I'm, I'm impatient. I like things instant. But God's timing is very rarely our timing. We want things when we want them, but God brings them when, when we need them. And for me, it's been at some of my lowest moments, at literal rock bottom. For the people of Israel, it was under the rule of the Roman Empire when the system was totally corrupt. I want to say that God has not forgotten you. He is not late. He is waiting for just the right time, a time that will bring the most good for the most people out of your situation. That's what he did with Jesus. And I want to finish with this final thought, which is this. If God always met our expectations, he would never be able to exceed them. In other words, if this is what we're expecting God to do, and he only ever met those expectations, he could never exceed them. And often when I've seen God work in my life, this is what I was expecting. And actually what God does is far greater and far better than I could have ever thought of in the first place. So as we finish, I want to encourage us all, let God exceed your expectations. And together, let's celebrate the moment when God became one of us so that we could become one with him. And so I'm going to invite the worship team up and I want to pray for all of us. See, in a moment, we're going to sing a song that talks all about one word from God and things change. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. And so I invite you to sit with that. I invite you to let God help you move past disappointment, past frustration, so that you can expect him to exceed those expectations. So let's pray and we'll worship. So Father, we thank you that when Jesus shows up, everything changes. God, thank you that you meet us in the midst of disappointment, frustration, unmet expectations. We pray that we would be able to accept in an even greater way who Jesus is and what he's done for us. We pray that we would be able to look for opportunities to celebrate the ways that Jesus is working in our lives currently each and every day rather than focusing on what we haven't seen yet. We pray as well that you would give us the boldness and the confidence to share that with others, that we would invite them to be a part of the celebration and to hear what Jesus is wanting to do in their lives as well. So we pray as we go into this week, Jesus, thank you for the ways that you're going to show up. Thank you for the ways that you're going to exceed our Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. 
My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.